Do you like scary movies? Totally. Hey, y'all. Totally. What's up? It's Jess. Hey, jerk. Speed kills. Oh, baby. Bone Sherry. Hey, what? Lindsay. Bikini. You did a great job. You filthy animals. Hello, Sydney. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> I thought this was about horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? Oh, I gotta fan myself. Curdled sack of milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm a really good listener. No, you're not. That's true. We're out of here. Bye. The key. Hello and welcome. Bye, y'all. Bye. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Plug it up. Yo, Krubies, welcome back to another horror movie crew podcast episode. I am Josh. What's up? It's Jess. Hey, y'all. It's Seth. Well, that was really uh, <laughs> sexual, Seth. Wasn't it? You're getting very sexual. Hey, this is HMC 128, the Babadook, Seth's episode. Babadook. I have a question, Seth. Yeah. Is there really a creature in this movie? Yes. Do you think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, how are they keeping it in the basement at the end? Um, well, I have a thought on that. Oh. I don't really think there is a creature, but we'll get to that right after these words from our sponsors. Hey, everybody. You just missed a good 15 minutes of us talking about gooch grease, right? Yeah. Patrons, you can go listen to it right now. And Josh's abnormally dark nipples. We talked about my nipples. We talked about... I wonder if you can say that word. I bet we get kicked off. Nipples? Nipples? Yeah, I just keep saying it, guys. Nipples. Stop! Really? With the nipples? Nippies? Why? Because we just got kicked off YouTube again. Thank you. That's not a bad word. I don't think so. What if we're talking about bottle nipples? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had to boil our nipples because. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Anyway, patron crewbies are getting early access to episodes. They're getting exclusive HMC merch. They're getting hours of bonus content and some pretty cool stuff that's coming up after the mid season break. <laughs> what do you guys do? You guys want to swim in today? No. I didn't bring my bathing costume. I know. I told you I screwed to. that up. Yeah. But full disclosure, this is the same day as the last episode. I think we should just be honest with people. Even yeah. though I changed shirts and hats, they didn't. Surprise. So we look the same. Here we are. <laughs> there are days, believe it or not, when they can stand to be around me for more than two hours at a time and week. About every two weeks or so. Yeah. 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 No. Have we picked a commentary episode for this month? No. Any, uh, Jess was going to pick it. Remember, we wanted her to pick a real bad one. Oh, and she didn't. Like an 80s something terrible. Oh, I got one. Rubber? How bad is it, though? feet. Oh, that's good. Rubber's not a creature feature, fucker. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Um, all right, I've got it. If I mean, if, if you guys well, are... Well, you going to keep us in suspense? Or nope, you gonna tell it's us, called yes? Humanoids of the Deep. Oh, for fuck's sake. That even <laughs> sounds bad. That sounds terrible. Hopefully or it's humanoids short. Humanoids from the Deep, yes. Humanoids what? I think it's Humanoids from the Deep. How do you find this shit? Because I'm cool. Well, I know that, like, naturally. It's, How do you find this shit? It's Humanoids from the Deep, 1980. Oh, God, 1980. Guys, it will be a good commentary episode. I don't know. Humanoids Look, from that's, that's the, cover. the deep. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> What's Here the cover? We go. <laughs> oh, God. So it's like, yeah. Just like the prequel to Teeth or something. <laughs> It's got a 5.7 on IMDb here. I got it up here. It's only an hour and 22 minutes. Perfect. Perfect. Now, this says an hour and 20 on IMDb. So which is it? It says an hour and 22 on Google. 
but that's probably with all the credits. That so chick I looks think like that a they bitch. took the credits out of that one. Seth, why are you so derogatory toward women? This is that specific one. All right, Seth, great this guy. Scale one to ten. Bangable. Zero. He loves it. He Not even a two? Hair. No, he's gross. You don't want to give that stash a ride? Look, he's got like a wide set stash. Look at that. Very wide set. <laughs> Look how it's far set. over from his lips that stash hangs. That is really far. Some fucking man stash. He's got a Brillo pad head. Hey, <laughs> that looks like Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Okay. I Whoa. Wow. Look at that thing. Yeah. You guys want to see this. I'm, I promise. All right. I'm in. Fuck it. Yep. Done. Done deal. Humanoids right. from the deep is going to be our commentary. Episode. Like you had a choice anyway. I just thought it'd be cool to do eight legged freaks, but. That'd be all right. Oh, I haven't seen another. that in a long time. We can do another creature feature month. We're doing two, right? So we still or have to do... an arachnid month. What What did you just say to me? An arachnid month. Oh, uh, cool. Because, you know, like arachnophobia. Well, we could just do a whole month of spiders, yeah. We haven't picked a Halloween thing yet. That's true. This year we could do a spider Halloween. That's a terrible name for a month, but... Spider-ween. <laughs> Spider-ween! Mm-hmm. Did you go see uh, the Spider-Man movie? I have not. You're not. Aaron you're gonna... went and saw it with his kids last night. He said it was really good. He didn't invite you. I just kidding. I had Willow. He didn't want you to go. She hasn't had her first theater experience yet. Oh yeah. I'm not sure she would sit through it just yet. Mm. It's understandable. So. Understandable. One of these days. I tell you, I went to see Smile, and there's somebody decided maybe that should be their kids' first theater yeah. experience. Oh god. Kid was running around. Honestly, it it wasn't that bad. It didn't bother me. I'm like so numb to kids anymore. It's a weird movie to take kids to. That's what we yeah, thought. <clears throat> when it's something like that, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, but like I'll be out like traveling and I'll be at a restaurant or something. Somebody's kids will be acting a fucking fool, dude. And I'll be like by myself because I didn't take customers out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like I'll look over and they'll be like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I, this isn't bothering me yeah. whatsoever. Like It bothered me. I know because you're an old grumpy fucker. <laughs> Get a fucking babysitter. <laughs> it's just, dude, sometimes <laughs> you think it's a good idea and you're well-intentioned to take your kids out and let them experience life and they just have other plans. I'll take them to the bathroom and smack them. Oh my God. It's a good thing you don't have kids, dude. <laughs> But no, yeah. I, it doesn't bother. It doesn't bother. Honestly, I usually a lot of time by laugh. I'm like, thank God it's you and not me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> or, I've been there. Be, yeah. Yeah. It but sucks. yeah. First theater experience will be fun though, but probably mm-hmm. not for Into the Spider or Across the Spider Verse. What's it called? Into the Spider Verse. That was the first one, right? I think so. The new one is, yeah, I don't know. I have my spider movie picked already. What? For Halloween. <laughs> Oh, I already picked what it. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Do you even have your second creature feature movie picked? Yeah. Oh. Tremors 2. Tremors 2. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. Sorry. Sorry. He's ready for spiders. Arachnophobia. Oh, we have to reschedule our thing for Thursday still, right? Yes. Because you can't record. Well, uh, yes. Okay. I'll, we'll, we'll figure it out after this. Probably not okay. now on air, even yeah. though we're not really technically on air because these are pre-recorded. Because of your mouth, sir. Mm-hmm. Your dirty freaking Yeah, it's just me. Wiener lip mouth. He's over here talking about nipples for twenty minutes and <laughs> she didn't bring those up. You did. Nipples. <sighs> and you were talking about mine of all people. Yeah, like I'm, dark nipples. They're not maybe they are, I don't know. You can look at them after and tell me. <laughs> Whoa, hey, hey, tame that thing, dude. Pull that back in. Are you okay? Yeah, it was just a cough. Okay, just making sure. It's my smoker's cough. Yeah, I'm worried about you, dude getting into he's it. been smoking a lot i haven't smoked since 2008 mm, i don't know i see you as a heavy smoker <laughs> i was just camels was that your mm-hmm. brand camel you lights like camel smoker yeah <sighs> jess have you seen this movie before 
Uh, yes. I had never. I purposely, we talked about this, I purposely have not watched this movie. One, because everybody that I talked to that had watched it said it was extremely depressing. It is. And I don't like depressing movies or TV, mm-hmm. which is why I've never watched Shameless, because everybody says how great that show is. Oh, it is. But it's also very depressing. That's part of what makes it so good. I'm just not, I just don't like it. I don't like, like I have no problem watching somebody get cut up by a big ass Michael Myers, but like when it comes to actual like everyday real life heavy scenario, subjects, I don't like it. It makes me feel like sad. Well, then yeah. it's doing its job. I don't know this movie. I think this movie is really good. I don't think it's not good. I just like I just. It's not a happy yeah. movie. I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. watching it. Like yeah. it made me sad. It's a good movie. Like I think there are good movies that you don't enjoy watching. Kind of like Lake Placid with you, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> no. What? Did you miss that? I was not paying attention. <laughs> I said there are good movies that you just don't enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Lake Placid for you. But that was not a good movie. I know. That was the joke. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Tee-hee. Thank you. Do the thing. <laughs> that was it. Uh, um, and this is one. I, I didn't enjoy watching this movie at all. Like, it made me sad. Wow. I agree it's a good my movie will reflect that it is yeah. a good movie, but it is it's not sad. a movie that I will probably ever watch again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not uplifting at all. No, not whatsoever. Even the way it's shot is depressing. It is. Mm-hmm. I think it tackles a very heavy subject mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I don't want to. Which is what makes it good. Yes, but it also makes me sad. Uncomfortable. I don't think it's uncomfortable. It makes me like legitimately sad. Like for multiple reasons, which we'll get into. Could have touched anyway. your emotions. You can touch these mm-hmm. nuts, son. You After touch the this, recording. You want to touch this gooch nacho or what was no. it called? Gooch, gooch nacho. We'll <laughs> uh, power wash it out Don't nachos first. in this. <clears throat> Why do you act like your nose has never touched a gooch before? I guarantee it has. Not a freaking gooch mess or whatever the fuck. <laughs> What's it called again? A, gooch grease. A grease. gooch grease. God. You've never like touched it with your nose and had a little greasy grease on it? No. 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 Okay, just checking. I don't know. You're getting real defensive. Am I the only one down here? There's only the other two of us, but it feels she's getting a little defensive about the gooch grease. Well, you are like, you keep harping on her about it. Yes. It's just because you're so disgusted by it. You know she uses Lysol before she does anything down there. (laughs) I do. Dude, I saw this freaking video on Instagram Reels the other day, and it was this girl, like somebody was recording. There was a girl in a passenger seat and a girl in the driver's seat. And the girl in the driver's seat was being recorded by somebody outside of the car. So that's the view, the angle, mm-hmm. right? And the whew, about pulled a Seth and broke a tooth off on that microphone. And the girl in the driver's seat is like dancing and acting a fool for the camera. But I didn't even notice it, okay? And then the comments, right? Because I have read the comments because I think they're hilarious. Usually the comments are funnier than most of the videos. Yeah, sometimes. In the comments, the, this person comments like, how are you just going to ignore the fact that the girl in the passenger seat is spraying off her vagina i saw that you saw this yeah. did i send it to you guys no i, I think, think i I've just seen I, it. I randomly but saw dude, it you watch it again and the chick in the passenger seat dude <laughs> has her leg up on the dashboard <laughs> yeah. and is spraying herself with lysol Ew. or febreze it was febreze i think i was gonna say i didn't think it was lysol i think it, was it fe- just looked like she was spraying her crotch with something i didn't see what it was did they make but... spray for that oh yeah oh summer's eve seriously <laughs> How do you know the brand? I just know because we used to joke about it all like, the time. Yeah, I mean, it's like you pass it in the store. It's like right mm-hmm. by like the razors and stuff. They used to have commercials for it. I don't go down that aisle. I have uh, the dollar shape. It's usually like in the same aisle as like the men's like deodorant and stuff too. 
Yeah. That also gets delivered. I am oh. full 2023, dude. I don't or I everything gets <laughs> full 2023. Everything gets brought to my house, dude. Razors, soap, Summer's Eve apparently. Groceries, Summer's Eve. Why would I need Summer's Eve? I don't know for your gooch grease. That's true. <laughs> now I got the bidet for that. It blows it all off. Mm-hmm. Power wash it right. I've off. noticed that the front of the toilet's been looking a little gross. I wonder if it's blowing yeah. the gooch grease off onto the front of the toilet. You know, you can clean that. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Mm. Look, she was like, well, you know, they make a Lysol wipe. Yep. They make some scrubbing bubbles. Mm. So did you, either <laughs> of you see this in theaters? I did not. No. <clears throat> no. I actually watched yeah. it because of a recommendation from Jess. From this Jess? Years ago. Yeah. Back oh, when it was out. so you yeah. really like this movie. I did. Mm-hmm. She I was do. like, oh my God, you have to see this movie. Yeah. So I did. Mm. It fits in that, in that era of when like the psychological horror stuff started to really ramp up 2014 i think is when this came out yeah i think so mm. <gasps> our characters we got amelia played by essie davis didn't reckon i don't i didn't recognize anyone from this movie and anything else did you guys Mm-mm. i don't think so that's australian right so you keep saying that but i did not catch that it was a, like i knew it was a foreign film but i didn't realize they were, yeah. had australian accents mm-hmm. maybe it's because it was so depressing and usually i'm used to australian people being really happy Think about it. You ever can you think back in your mind where you've ever seen an Australian person portrayed as not happy? Hello, mate. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Samuel played by Noah Wiseman. This kid did fantastic. Yes. Yeah, he was good. Stole the show. I think him and um, Amelia did a great job. I agree. She did a good job in toward the latter scenes, but we'll, t- and we'll get into this cause you know how, if there's like a parent that I don't like the, what they're doing on screen, that bothers me to no end. Mm-hmm. I think that that is hampered tempered. No hampered. hampered. That is hampered. My ability to like this person. It is Australian. Okay. Robbie played by Daniel Henschel, which I think Robbie is the friend from work. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Claire, played by Haley McElhenney. That's the aunt, I believe. Aunt She's Claire. awful. She's yeah. pretty bad. Yes, I agree. Yeah, and her like daughter. Oh, yeah. Director Jennifer Kent. Uh, I went and looked. I didn't recognize anything else that she had done. But I know she is heralded as one of the um, better female directors in the industry, I believe, based off of this movie. But I didn't uh, recognize anything else she'd done. Do you guys know anything else from Mrs. Jennifer Kent? Mm-mm. I do not. Or at least I don't think so. Okay. <clears throat> Jess, would you like to read the synopsis? A single mother and her child fall into a deep well of paranoia when an eerie children's book titled Mr. Babadook manifests in their home. I mean, you did a great job. Thank you. That was so good. Thanks. If you leave here today, I want you to remember one thing. You are awesome. Thank you. You're very welcome. <gasps> Scene one, opening scenes. Amelia Vanek is a troubled and exhausted widow living in Adelaide, I guess, who has brought up her six-year-old son, Samuel, alone. Her late husband, Oscar, was killed in a car accident when he drove Amelia to the hospital during labor. Sam begins displaying erratic behavior. He becomes an insomniac and is preoccupied with an imaginary monster, which he has built weapons to fight. Amelia is forced to pick him up from school when he takes one of the weapons there. One night, he asks if his mother... He asks his mother to read a pop-up storybook called Mr. Babadook. It describes the 
titular, titular, how the hell you say that? Titular monster, the Babadook, a pale faced humanoid in a top hat with talon fingers, which torments its victims after they become aware of its existence. Amelia is disturbed by the book and its mysterious appearance while Sam becomes convinced that Babadook is real. Sam's persistence about the Babadook leads Amelia to have sleepless nights as she tries to comfort him. The sheer amount of stress in this woman's life made me have anxiety while watching this movie. Yeah, her life sucks. Like, that's an understatement. Mm. She's got a shitty job. Her kids. Now, is her job that shitty, though? Yeah. Like a nursing home? Like, I think with everything mm, else yeah. that's going on, yes. That would be a depressing job. a depressing job. job. Yeah. A definitely like, depressing job, mm-hmm. yes. Because she's e- eating both ends of the spectrum, right? Like she's got a young child at home, which young children are difficult. And mm-hmm. then she's got elderly people at the end of their life mm-hmm. that are also difficult, yeah. right? She's still grieving and dealing with her son and every other issue. Yes. And so, as yeah. far as we know, like the son just has behavioral yes. problems, like yeah. pretty bad, but we don't yep. know why yet, but. Yes, and you see, like, at the beginning, you see his, like, reactions and the way that he is interacting with her and other mm-hmm. people around them, which I think you learn more about later. And I, I personally understand why he's acting that way because I think it comes around full circle to the mother. Mm-hmm. But and she doesn't really have anyone in her life. She has her son. Right. I guess the guy that likes her at the nursing home place and her neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, and her, her sister, her sister who's not who's, really great. <laughs> right. Yeah. So again, I have a note here. I had never watched the movie because I'd heard it was very depressing and I just don't enjoy movies or shows like that. Um, but this show, movie has an overreaching theme of sadness in my opinion. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, but again, this is a hard topic to cover like depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. but even the way it's shot, like it's supposed to be a sunny day, but it's not really sunny. You know, you can just, it's yeah. kind of gray mm-hmm. all the time. It's probably the filter. Yeah. Jess. The house is like creepy. The house is weird to me. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a house or is it like a um, townhome apartment type thing? Yeah, or like a duplex I think or it something. It is more like a townhome. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. It's like evident right out of the gate, even before you learn about some of the stuff going on with the mom, that like both of these characters are dealing with undiagnosed depression from the loss of mm-hmm. one, the dad that the kid mm-hmm. never had but more specifically the mom not being able to cope with it right and then putting that on the kid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you see as the movie progresses that she almost makes him feel like it's his fault that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the dad isn't there yeah because i mean it's been seven years so she's still like this upset over it then yeah there's something wrong you know not that you would never still be upset but like she's acting like it just happened right Right. Well, I yeah. think it's it goes back because there are people that have children that really want children. Like you try to have kids and there's people that have kids that it like they weren't ready to have kids mm-hmm. or they really never wanted kids, but they have like for me and I, I have never experienced this, but I have would have to envision if you didn't want kids and you have a kid and then the person that you loved is no longer with you. <laughs> And then you have this child, it would have to be hard to like fully embrace that child, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if she blames him in some way. Right. And mm-hmm. you can see in him, he, in my opinion, he acts the way he acts because of the way she treats him. Mm-hmm. For sure. Which the movie tries to 
shield you from it first, right? Because she seems like this really great, loving, mm-hmm. patient mom. And then as the movie progresses, you see maybe not so much. Yeah. It just makes it seem like he has a lot of, like, difficulties. And mm-hmm. he's, like, a yeah. problem child, you know. Right. Oh, his grinding teeth made me, like, I hate that sound. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, like, wraps his arm around her, his hand around her neck, which mm-hmm. comes into play later. But, um, yeah, I don't know. And this children's book is clearly fucked up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my <laughs> next question. Like, where did this come from? Like, we find out later that the mom is an author. Mm-hmm. Do you think she wrote this book? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because it looks like sketches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the the cover of it looks like something you'd get at like a, hob, a, a hobby store. Hobby. I'm thinking Hobby Lobby, but yeah. like, uh, like a... Like arts. a photo album kind of looking thing. Yeah, yeah, it looks like this is homemade. So I'm wondering if she... I don't know made this book i don't know it's a creepy book because why would anybody buy this book for a kid like there's no way somebody she or somebody else bought this book and it was just in their house like that's what makes me think she because we see she does shit she doesn't realize she's doing mm-hmm. so is it possible it's possible it's a good theory that she manifested this book i don't know we don't really know i don't think we'll ever know Mm-mm. that's just my theory because he finds it somewhere like in a cabinet right he finds it and then asks her to read it to him. And she has like no recollection of ever having gotten this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked old. Well, and then you see what happens with it later. Once mm-hmm. she refines it, how the drawings have changed and stuff mm-hmm. has been added to it. So that's what makes me think that it's her doing this. But okay. Scene two. What's that door? Soon after strange events occur, doors mysteriously open and close. And there are strange sounds. And Amelia finds glass shards in her food. She attributes the events to Sam's behavior, but he blames the Babadook. Amelia rips up the book and disposes of it. At her birthday party, Sam's cousin Ruby bullies Sam for not having a father, and he pushes her out of the treehouse, breaking her nose. Amelia's sister Claire admits she cannot bear Sam, to which Amelia takes great offense. On the drive home, Sam has another vision of the Babadook and suffers a seizure. Amelia gets some sedatives from a pediatrician who treats Sam. We totally skipped over the masturbation scene. I, for me, that was kind of weird. Like I get it. It's a I very think odd scene. It was odd, but uh, okay, I, I think it is important because it also shows that this lady feels that she can't even masturbate without being bothered by this kid. Right. So, like, even something that simple should like she's unable to even pleasure herself, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, and you, I think that is like the peak of where you see. In my opinion, where I stopped feeling sorry for like that was when I was like, "Oh wow, this lady's life really sucks." But then mm-hmm. after that is when you kind of like go down the roller coaster hill, and you kind of fully, in my opinion, it's when I started to understand like what was actually going on. Mm-hmm. I think, but I think this movie also, depending on where you're at, like it could mean different things to different people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, it's hilarious when he pushed her out of the treehouse. She had it coming though, <laughs> yeah, right? She was a little. A little B. Yeah, so I mean, you got to think though. Like this kid's getting it home from the mom, which we don't know yet, technically. And then he's also getting it from everybody around him. The aunt doesn't like him to begin with, so like she's probably yeah. mean to him too. So like, there's a reason yeah. this kid is acting the way that right. he's acting, right. right? On top of not having a father figure and not, you know, his being blamed for that. Did you notice that all the moms were wearing like black or gray? Um, I, I don't, I couldn't tell if that was like a style choice or if like it had some sort of metaphor. I feel like it had some kind of meaning because it was kind of strange. Yeah. 
I think they just try to keep everything kind of dark. Yeah, there's not a lot of bright this. colors in this. Yeah, there's not, which, which makes sense based on the mm-hmm. uh, theme of depression, right? Like, mm-hmm. like even when, yeah. So uh, I don't want to get into but like the way the kids yet. acting like in the car on the way back. Like, what would you do? Like, like screaming and yeah. But clearly something's wrong, you know, like I'm trying know. to remember, like, what was he doing exactly? Are you talking about like the convulsing before that when he was scene? like screaming and like acting like he was talking to the Babadook yeah. thing in the car and like mm. just deal with it <laughs> as best as you can. Like, I think yeah. there's certain again, like, everybody knows their own <laughs> kids, right? Like how I communicate with my kids is probably not how you communicate with your kids. But I think that scene for me showed that she has no idea how to cope or help this kid cope with what he's dealing with, which is a real problem. But how would you cope with what he's dealing with though? Well, I think it should have started earlier than now because they're clearly to a point where she isn't able to give him what he needs. But I think it's also because she probably has never provided him with that comfort. Or it's like peaking for him right now. Like this Mm -hmm. is the worst he's been. So she's like trying to figure out what she needs to do. Which I think they're both at that point, right? Which is the overarching problem is that she's reached her peak and Mm -hmm. so has he. And they just can't, like, there's not an adult in the room. Mm-hmm. Right. Is the problem. Um, in my opinion, again, in my opinion, I don't want anybody to get. That's funny if you notice, none of the other adults in this movie are nice except for Robbie or whatever his name is at the. Yes. Mm-hmm. At the. Like, all the other moms home. are nasty. That mm-hmm. guy she hits later is a dick. and Which I have, I don't remember where the note is, but that's a good segue into it because I feel like this movie gives you different perspectives based on different characters. So I have had a question later and I can just ask it now, but do you think the movie is portraying the people in the movie, whether it's Sam, the aunt, the niece, the other parents in the way that the mom is viewing them based on her, um, how she is processing what they're saying to her. Cause you know, sometimes somebody can say something to you and just based on where you're at at that certain point in mm, your day yeah. or time or whatever you're dealing with outside of like, they could, could say something and you have interpreted it completely different than like maybe I would interpret what they were saying. If I was standing mm-hmm. right next yeah, to you, what could happen? I feel like in this movie, they do that a lot where you're seeing things through what the mom is seeing when in reality, if you like took a step back and viewed it through a different lens, it like maybe through Sam's lens, it would be completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if that scene, just because of the way the aunt looks at her when she says that to the other people, mm-hmm. it's like, huh. But then you also have to consider that she's probably jealous of those women as well, right? Because right. of she's had her husband taken away from her. And well, and they're she, bragging about their husband's job and whatever. Right. So were they really, or is that how she interpreted what they were saying? Yeah, I don't like know. Like if you were somewhere at a party and let's say your boyfriend got a promotion at work and you were excited for him and you're like, oh yeah, he got a promotion, but this other person whose husband died and they're upset, like didn't interpret it as that, right? right? They would think, see the, the negative aspect of it, right? Right. Which I think, like, I don't know, I could be completely wrong and off base. I don't know, but that is the way that I was viewing how I was supposed to be digesting all of this mm-hmm. trauma was like through her. Yeah. Yeah. Versus how somebody else might see it, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz we can only see what through our own lens, right? So, um Yeah, actually that is right where I had to know. We see uh we see how Sam acts, but is it really how he's acting or is it how his mother's interpreting his actions and exaggerating them? Um because in my opinion, at the end of the movie, he's like a completely different kid. Yeah. 
for sure. Like he's polite, he's nice, he's helpful. He wants to like he's help much her. More calm. Yeah, versus how we see him at the beginning, where he's like erratic, mm-hmm. and so is is he really, or is that how she's seeing what he's doing? Yeah, I mean, she's probably dealing with so much turmoil, like internal turmoil, that she sees his actions completely different. Like it's just overwhelming to her. Yes. Because it reminds me of like if we're out somewhere in like Charlotte, I'm just using her example, but she is my problem child. But like if she's been like giving me shit all day and I'm like at the end of my rope with her, she could say something to me and like my mom could be there and like mom sees it and she hasn't dealt with what Mm -hmm. I've been dealing with all day and she'll be like, chill. Yeah. And whereas I'm like at the end, like, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like she Mm -hmm. sees it and it's like, it doesn't seem that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. It was like one little comment, but I've had like 87 of those comments today and like I'm at the end of my rope with it, right? So it, that's what it kind of mm-hmm. makes me feel like is that we're seeing it from a fresh lens, whereas mm-hmm. she's right. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. Yes. But I think that the director did a really good job of showing all that while also not like over, I don't know what the right word would be. There would be a way to really cringily do this. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the last thing I have here is I'm surprised that a doctor would prescribe this very sporadic woman uh, sedatives for the, her kid. Do you think that that would happen? No. Yes. You do think it would happen? I think we overprescribe that stuff here, especially in the U.S. Oh, see, I don't think for so. For adults, I agree with you. And for kids. I think if I took my kids to our family doctor and asked for sedatives, he would probably turn me into children's services. I don't know. I feel like people drug their kids up a lot now. Yeah. Oh, you can't pay attention in class. Here's a drug. Well, you yeah, know? they definitely do that, but she's asking for sleeping pills. I don't know. Yeah, I think for sleeping pills, something like that, definitely not. I do agree with you, though. I think that's the first thing everybody wants to jump to is, hey, let's. I wasn't sure if that was just a message in this they were trying to convey Mm. that, you know. Well, because I just gathered that she, me personally, because she had said, I haven't slept for days. Can you please just give me something to help him sleep? And I'm like, she's definitely going to take these pills. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I just thought it was like she was acting so sketched that I just found it hard to believe he would have given her the. But I just feel like all the other adults are very, like, dismissive of her, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So he's probably like, oh, here, just shut up and go away. You know? Like, leave yeah. me alone, lady. Yeah. Well, that is, like, the theme throughout it. Even, like, when she, you know, goes to the police and stuff, they're kind of just like, mm. Which uh, I have a note about that, too. It's yeah. like, hang on, we'll get to it. So, jump ahead. Scene three, the book comes back. The next morning, Amelia finds the Mr. Babadook book resemble, uh, sorry, reassembled on the front doorstep. New words in it taunt her, saying Babadook will become stronger if she continues to deny its existence. And now contains pop-ups of her killing their dog Bugsy, Sam, and then herself. Terrified, she burns the book and runs to the police station after a disturbing phone call. However, she has no proof of the stalking, and when she then sees the Babadook's suit hanging up behind the front desk, she leaves. That night, as she tries to fall asleep, she sees the Babadook open her bedroom door, crawl up the ceiling, and attack her. She turns on all the lights in the house and falls asleep with Sam downstairs. After the attack, Amelia becomes more isolated and impatient, shouts at Samuel for disobeying her constantly, and has more visions of the Babadook. She exhibits erratic and violent behavior, including cutting the phone line with a knife, then waving the same knife aggressively at Sam. She has disturbing hallucinations in which she sees herself murdering Sam. If you're really hungry, why don't you go eat shit? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, wow. (laughs) I did forget to ask you guys, how do you think the shards of glass got in her soup or whatever she was eating? One of them had to put it in there. Yeah. If you had to guess, you think it was him or her? Him, maybe. 
What do you think? I think her. I think it was her. I well. don't really know. Yeah. I think she's out of she's out of it. Yeah. At this point. I think it was her as well. Um so do you guys think these here's what I have to know about the police. So honestly we weren't even you weren't even jumping that far ahead. But like I this person comes in there acting very sketchy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that we got that specific scene through her lens of, okay, these guys are just, these guys behind him are laughing at me. Mm -hmm. Are they? They were looking at a piece of paper, so maybe they were laughing at something else and it was just like inappropriately timed. She sees this thing hanging on a wall. Like, do you think that this scene was embellished? I See, I don't know. Because to me, she didn't look that, she just looked scared. She wasn't like crazy acting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure which message that they're trying to convey here. That people don't take. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It could go either way. Someone like, in authority. One message could be that someone in authority <clears throat> doesn't take somebody like this seriously mm-hmm. when they should. The other is this person is acting crazy and right. Or it could be both. I don't know. Or when you are in that state of mind, you see things differently. Like I've kind of been saying in that maybe what you see these two police officers laughing, you automatically think they're laughing at you. Mm-hmm. You're trying to explain to this guy that these people, someone's stalking you and, but you know, take a step back and put yourself in that guy's position. If somebody was telling you this, you think they were crazy. Well, and it doesn't, her situation doesn't help because of everything that's going on. Like right. already internally. Like, so obviously, yeah, they're probably like, she's just like, nuts the other thing that i think they did a good job of masking was the fact that we know the boy's birthday is coming up which is also the anniversary of the day her husband died Mm -hmm. but they focus so much on it being the boy's birthday that you don't really think about it till the end of the movie when because she starts acting similar to this around this time of year every year it seems like based on the comments from the neighbor Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like she's clearly being triggered more so now because it is they're coming up on the day the dad died, not necessarily right. the birth of the son, right? Right. But this whole scene I think was one of my favorites where they're in the bedroom and the you hear the dragging noise and then he comes in and mm. but was she dreaming? I don't know. I personally think so. I think this the majority of what's going on is in her head and it's like stuff that she's dealing with. Again, un, undiagnosed depression and some probably some other stuff. Um, but the scene, I mean, the scene is good. It's definitely eerie. Mm-hmm. Very eerie. And that when she's watching the TV and like he keeps popping up in different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It kind of this portion of it, even though it's completely different, gave me like sinister vibes. Yeah. yeah. How you see like the, what's the, uh, Bagul, is that his name? Bagul. Yeah how the hell I remember that but Bog yeah like how you see him in like varying places but it's like obscure so creepy mm-hmm. such a good movie but I like how they do the overnight scenes how it's like you know sometimes they fast forward it's like her under the sheets and then it's the next day yes yeah. mm-hmm. see that those scenes made me think that she's doing things while asleep that we don't maybe know she's doing and that she doesn't know she's doing right like yeah and the other thing is, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there a suit hanging up downstairs that was her husband's? It's like a suit and mm-hmm. a hat hanging mm-hmm. up on like, that is very similar to what this Babadook is wearing. Yeah, I think there was. So that's the other thing that I'm like, okay, she's just like recalling things from her memory or whatever that is, that's why he looks the way that he does, I guess. I don't know. And that's why she's seeing that suit like at the police station mm-hmm. or she sees it somewhere else too. And I forget mm-hmm. where, but. But after this is when she starts to really lose her shit. Yeah. 
Yes. Like she has um, that weird fit in the car and crashes into that guy. And this is where we he is supposed to have like entered her, right? Because then he go through her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. But she wakes up right then. Right. So that's what's like. Is it a dream or did he go in her? I think it was a dream. I just think that was <laughs> like supposed to be like the metaphor for her reaching her final like breaking point mm-hmm. and like fully embellishing that like she's supposed to kill this kid, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even like <coughs> that scene was creepy where she looks on the couch and he's the kid's all bloody and stuff. Yes. And then like it flashes and he's standing like over there and yeah. she has a knife in her hand and when at one point doesn't she have a knife over the dog too and he wakes her up and she like wakes up and she's about mm-hmm. to kill the dog in her sleep. But you think I mean if she's really dealing with that level of um insomnia, like isn't that what they say? Like after so long your like brain tries to make itself sleep and you mm-hmm. do shit that you don't know you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And the dog obviously knows there's something wrong with her. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't write this down, but yes, there's a bunch of scenes where the kid's being a little asshole, right? And mm-hmm. you think that like you're kind of siding with the mom at first because you're like, man, this kid is a real problem child. Mm-hmm. But then you watch the dog and the whole time the dog is like in front of, beside, or like trying to protect this kid from the mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that is the other thing that made me think that mm-hmm. we're seeing it through the mom's lens. But then you see with the dog, because at one point, remember the dog's laying on top of him mm-hmm. and like watching the mom? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, this mom is the problem. Like the, not, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say the problem. The mom is what is causing all of this. Right. Right? Yeah. Then um, she sees that news program about the mom killing the kid in the basement and sees her mm-hmm. face in that window. Yes. That Very Amityville-esque. Yeah, huh? it's creepy. I do it. This is what I have a note. The actor that plays Amelia does fantastic. And he's where she's supposed to just act like, you know, mm-hmm. insane or whatever. And it kind of reminds me of like something like Tony Collette would do really well. I do. Yeah. Too, yeah. 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 That's who she reminded me of in this. Um, scene four, Amelia sees some shit. Amelia sees an apparition of apparition. Sure. You can tell I didn't write this of Oscar who offers to return to her. If she brings the boy to him, realizing he is a creation of the Babadook, she flees and the Babadook stalks her through the house until it finally possesses her under its influence. She breaks Bugsy's neck and attempts to kill Sam, eventually luring him, luring her into the basement. Sam knocks her out tied up. Amelia awakens with Sam terrified nearby. When she tries to strangle him, he lovingly caresses her face, causing her to regurgitate an inky black substance, which seemingly expels the Babadook. However, Sam reminds Amelia that you can't get rid of the Babadook and an unseen force drags him backwards into Amelia's bedroom. She saves Sam, but is forced to see a vision of her husband's death. Furious, she confronts the Babadook, making it retreat into the basement, and she locks the door behind it. Black vomit was gross. Was that (laughs) supposed to be like the... They said inky substance, but that's what it looked like to me. Do you think Mm. that was supposed to be like her puking the book out of her? That's what I thought Mm. was supposed to be happening. So another question I had, do you think, so we see Sam from the beginning of this movie, he's making these weapons, Mm -hmm. but when you think about it, he's making these weapons to fight this demon creature, right? Mm -hmm. But the weapons are very humanistic in the fact that they're really probably geared toward fighting a human being. So do you think, because we haven't seen any of this yet, but based on what we've seen from the mom now, do you think he's creating these weapons that he knows he's going to have to use against his mom later? Yes. I think he's seen this before. I agree. Maybe not this bad, but... But he sees where it's heading. Mm-hmm. I agree. Do you think he picked that Babadook book? Say that five times fast. Babadook, Babadook book. book. 
Do you think he picked that book to try to get her to see that she is the Babadook? I don't know. Maybe. Because I think she wrote this book. I could see that. So I'm wondering if that was him trying to show her, hey, this is what you do when you're sleeping. Because he says he's creating all his weapons to protect his mom. So mm-hmm. if she turns into this Babadook when she can't sleep or when she's going through a depression spell, I don't know. Like and the kid's obviously been doing stuff in the basement. Sneakily, right? Sneakily that we don't know. You right. Know, setting traps or whatever he's doing down there. But, but I believe he created these weapons like knowing that he'll have to use them against her. Because you see he knows how, like he shoots her in the arm with the dart. Mm-hmm. He could have probably shot her in the face and hurt her, but he shoots her in the arm and then he hits her in the head with the thing to knock her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that a six-year-old could accomplish these tasks, if I'm being honest. Seven. He's almost seven. Oh, he's almost seven. My apologies. Because I have I have one of those. And I'm like, I don't see her tying me up in the basement. Yeah, probably not that far. But, you know. That's, that's, a, that's a nitpick, I'm being honest. But, but he's a different kid. That's <laughs> true. Know, yeah, that's very true. Dealt with different shit. Um, so this is where I have the... I think, yeah, Amelia sees some shit. So these are the scenes where I question how Sam was truly acting at the beginning because he's like a completely different character in these scenes. He's loving, he's strong-willed and kind toward his mother, whereas you see in the beginning of it, he's just like off the rails, right? Like, So it's like, how how could that kid have changed that much in two days? Or is it not the kid that has changed, it's what the lens in which we're seeing him in that has changed? Mm, probably that. I think so too. That's hard to say, but I happen to think I'm very intelligent sometimes. And you know, I go for the, go for the, the gold stuff. Um, but don't you feel like even if, okay, let's just say this is all in her head, etc. It's this kid's six, dude. He's going to be dealing with this mm-hmm. forever, dude. It reminds me of, um, the haunting of Hill house. And what's her name? L, uh, the girl for I, I feel like my mom right now trying to describe something. Uh, she's love in you. Oh, I know who you're talking yeah. about. I just what can't is her? Remember what her name is in that? I can't either. I've seen mm-hmm. it. Fuck. But she's dealt with the, that trauma that happened to her as a kid. She dealt with it all through her adult life. Like even have after they got out of the house and moved on. Like I feel mm-hmm. like that is what this kid's going to be dealing with. Like your mom killed your dog and she chased you around the house with a knife. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just like, you're not just going to get over that. Like, okay, mom's back. Right. Unless he really thinks she was possessed by this creature thing or. Right. Whatever. Or that's what he's telling himself. Yeah. All right, let's jump into the end of it here. Scene five, Amelia has a change. Eventually, Amelia and Sam manage to recover. She's attentive and caring toward him, encouraging encouraging him with building his weapons and being impressed at his magic tricks. In the garden, they gather worms in a bowl. Amelia takes it to the basement and places it on the floor. The Babadook tries to attack her, but she soothes it and retreats to the corner, taking the bowl of worms with it. She returns to the yard to celebrate Sam's birthday. So, do you think the Babadook is a real monster? I don't know. I think it's just supposed to leave it up to interpretation. Yeah. Because obviously you don't know for sure. Because mm-hmm. what is she feeding in the basement? Like, I don't know. I think no. I think it's all her throughout this movie and her grief and So, she problems. is the monster? I yeah, think I could say. my interpretation of it is that the Babadook is an expression of Amelia's extreme depression, anxiety mixed with mental and physical exhaustion that finally reaches breaking point. 
Um, she's a monster. I think the I don't think she's a monster, but I think the message to me is that even though Amelia has finally realized and confronted her depression, it's something you live with every day. Like it just doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. And there's some mm-hmm. days that are good and there's some days that are probably really bad. I don't know. I've never dealt with depression. Um, so I think that the metaphor is she's kind of tried to lock it in the basement, but there's certain times where you have to feed that demon or do certain things. And I think when you see it rush at her and she like bends backwards, that's almost like the equivalent of somebody like taking a five minutes to go take like, breathing exercises mm. or like maybe there's even a day where you don't even want to be around people for a whole day. I forget who it was. I think it's Pete Davidson that talks about his depression, the things he has to do to deal with it because he said like, it just never, it doesn't just go away. Mm-hmm. Like you have good right. days and you have really bad days and there's like normal, like regular everyday mm-hmm. days. But like, again, I don't know. I've never had to deal with something like that. That's why this movie makes me sad and, I don't like watching movies like this, but But it makes you think it definitely makes you think, Mm -hmm. but I think it kind of ends on a positive note. But again, I feel bad for the little kid because he's going to have to deal with this forever. Or did this happen the year before? And this just happens all the time. And he, well, and he's getting older, so he can recall it Mm. better than, you know, from his younger years. Yeah, that could be. Like, is it something he's already seen? And it's just like, okay, now it's good for now. Yeah, it's good for another year until we are triggered by. Mm-hmm. Or is she finally over it because she did have his birthday on his actual birthday. Right. This time. And that's probably one of the, like, the bad things about this movie to me is just the fact that you don't know for sure. Mm-mm. It's, they don't tell you. It's up to your own interpretation. I don't always enjoy that type of ending with movies. Mm. Like, you, you want to know what the fuck. It's inconclusive. Yeah. Leaves you hanging. There's there's some there's good and bad with that. Because you kind of get to make up whatever you like, whatever scenario you think fit best, but it's kind of annoying because you just have all these questions. You're like, just tell me what happened. Yeah. Is Bruce Willis dead or not? (laughs) Right. Like you that wraps it up. You know what happens, but this doesn't. You just kind of have to be like, well, right. Well, I think they leave it open-ended like a normal, I shouldn't say normal because those situations are, I gotta be careful what I say here. I think this movie is very triggering to some people, but um, I think they leave it open-ended like a situation like that would be because you really don't know how she's going to wake up and feel the next day, right? Mm-hmm. Which again, makes me sad for the boy, which is crazy because the way the movie starts, you feel bad for the mom. Right. And at the end of it, Again, once you realize what's going on, which I, theoretically you should still feel bad for the mom, right? Because it's yeah. like she didn't ask for any of this, right? Like, but it's just something that, and this could be happening to somebody three doors down for you. You have no idea, right? Plus, from like what yeah. they showed us in her little flashbacks, I'm guessing the car crash death was pretty bad. When his head gets cut off, yeah. yeah. So I think she like saw that happen. That probably mm-hmm. fucked her up. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Let's. Uh, anything else before we jump over to fun facts with Seth? <sighs> Fun facts with now that we're all depressed. depressed. When asked where the idea for the Babadook came from, director Jennifer Kent said, I have a friend who's a single mother whose son was traumatized by this monster figure that he thought he saw everywhere in the house. So I thought, what if this thing was real on some level? So I made Monster 2005, a short film about that idea. But I couldn't leave it alone. I kept coming back to it, and that led to the Babadook. She has also stated that Amelia suffers from unprocessed trauma of witnessing a horrible death, and that it is up to the audience to interpret whether the Babadook is supernatural or psychological in nature. 
Mm. I'm going psychological. So she did just leave it up to us. Yeah. Yeah. In Hebrew, Babadook means he's coming for sure. Babadook, duck, duck. <laughs> William Fred Friedkin, Friedkin, director of The Exorcist, said this film, of this film, I've never seen a more terrifying film than The Babadook. Mm. I didn't agree? find it scary. <clears throat> I found it sad. I mean, I think there were there are definitely horror elements to it, but it's just more psychological. Yeah, the thing was creepy is, looking. You know? It was. It was. I'm just saying, like there, like there weren't a lot of jump scares, which is fine. You don't have to have jump scares in horror movies, but like I just felt like it was just so depressing. Several female critics were offended by the portrayal of Amelia, stating that no mother would ever mistreat her son like that. However, director Jennifer Kent said that she was being was also approached by several women afterwards who admitted that being a mother is hard and it would be and it would sometimes give them negative thoughts of mistreating their children even though they'd never act on such ideas. Do these people that say mothers would never treat their kids like that? Have they never heard of like the people that drown their kids or not. stick their babies in microwaves? Like most women thanked Kent for finally addressing that taboo. Hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. What? That that people would be offended by that. People, Seth, it's uh, people get offended yeah, by everything. everything. Jess opens her mouth and people get offended. Yep. That's yeah. true. <laughs> just looks at you the wrong way. I told her she looked good when she came down and she got offended. The film like, became Josh, piece of shit. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, at all. you did. With your eyes. You, you saw it too. <laughs> yeah. See, I knew it, Baba Duke. The film became a meme and symbol for the LGBTQ community after Netflix accidentally placed it under LGBT movies. <laughs> Say that again? <laughs> they accidentally put this movie as a gay movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, in that category. So I guess that became funny. a thing. So they, they, people in that community were happy or they were mad? I think they just made memes about it. Oh, uh, okay. Director Jennifer Kent was extremely sensitive about introducing the themes of the film to child actor Noah Weiserman. During the three weeks of pre-production, she carefully gave him a child-friendly version of what the story was about. Um Weisman's mother was on set throughout the filming and Weisman himself was never actually present on set during scenes in which Essie Davis character abuses her son. That's good. Davis instead delivered the lines to an adult actor who stood it stood on his knees. Kent is quoted saying, I didn't want to destroy a childhood to make this film. That's fair. Noble. Yeah. To get the reaction shots of Weisman looking terrified. Uh, Davies said things like, I'm going to take your Lego and throw them in the river. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> what a jerk. No, it's good they did that, dude. That would have to be very traumatizing for even mm-hmm. a kid. And I could see some parents like want their kid to be an addict. Like, You're just going to fucking do it. Right. right. The film made a rare achievement uh, for characters in a horror movie. Everyone alive at the beginning of the film stays alive at the end, excluding the dog. Hmm. Did you just say maked? No. Marked. Sorry, Mark, I thought you said mate. I was like, that's not a fucking Mark word. Sorry, sorry. Last one. The scream heard repeatedly towards the end of, towards the end, sorry, is that of Montero, a character from Mortal Kombat 3. What? Hmm. Shit. They used a bunch know. of sound effects from like 90s video games. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Do, 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 do. No? Fine. Whatever. You did a great job, Seth, as always. God, I just feel like sad now after talking Good. about that movie. You're going to go swimming. You'll cheer up. I know. It just makes me sad. I'm getting old now, Seth. Mm-hmm. You know, as I get older, I'm becoming a softie. <laughs> Let's do some HMC favorites. Jess, what was your favorite scene or scenes from the movie? 
Um, I really liked kind of the end scene when Amelia is like kind of casting the Babadook out and kind of saying, you know, like, this is my house, you know, and yeah, get out of my house. Yeah. I just thought that was a really cool scene. I agreed. I called it the confrontation scene, but I thought that was Ooh, really. How'd you know that? That's what I called it. Oh, you called it that. Yeah. You said they called it that. I Sorry. just thought whole like sequence was pretty good. And then I like that bedroom scene when he, whatever. With the vibrator? Yeah. Uh, possesses her. Not the vibrator scene. <laughs> The one where he goes in her. Ooh. Yeah. yeah she needed somebody to do mm-hmm. that. Um, I thought all of the scenes with the kid, I forget his name. Was it Wiseman? Noah Wiseman? Was that his name? Yeah. Wow. He did really great. Um, it's interesting that he was able to portray that without actually being in the scenes with it. Right? Yeah. Um, I also like the... The scenes where she, again, channels her inner Tony Collette. It's the best mm-hmm. I can explain. I just think she did a really good job of like, because again, you see her at the beginning of the movie and she's like this loving, caring mom who is working with her child and then it's like, you see, oh, this woman has some stuff going on, mm-hmm. right? So uh, to be able to do both sides of that's really good. So I was impressed with, so I guess long ass story yeah. short, the acting was very good Fuck. in this movie. Yes. Um, so I'd have to envision the directing was also good to get that, that sort of, um, I'm just depressed. I don't even really want to talk about this movie anymore, if I'm being honest. To get this, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. The director <laughs> got the uh, the acting out of the actors. I don't know. She did a great job. The performance. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She got a, To get the performance out of those actors, I think she did a great job. Jess, thing you like most about the movie. Good um, God. I thought the acting was phenomenal because throughout the entire movie, you have so much anxiety and it's like so unnerving. To me, that that's when you know the actors have done their job, mm. like that it's really good because you actually have like this like case of anxiety watching yeah. it. I agree. The acting was excellent in this film. Um, I thought it was creepy, which I liked. I thought the Babadook, mm-hmm. whatever it was, was mm-hmm. portrayed in a very creepy way, scary looking. Mm-hmm. And the storyline was interesting. It was an interesting, I don't know, story yeah. that could be very realistic. I agree. Depending on how you're interpreting it. Uh, the thing I liked most about the movie was the acting, but I've already talked, tried to talk about that and I can't apparently speak in those words. So I'm <laughs> going to move on to something else. Uh, I like how realistic this story is. Cause I get, I have never dealt with depression, which makes this scary to me. That's probably like, I don't think this was like a horror movie. It is a horror movie. I don't think it was scary in terms of like a Jason movie with mm-hmm. like the conjuring is like, this is scary because. I don't know anything about this stuff. Like I don't, maybe mm-hmm. this is what people that are severely depressed and dealing with anxiety actually see and deal with. Mm-hmm. And I could not imagine having like, which is probably why it makes me so sad to watch this stuff. But again, to get that across and not do it like cringily, I think would be very difficult. So that's, that's my, f- you could almost watch this as two different movies. It could either be that mm-hmm. what we're talking about, or you could go into it as just like, it's a possession horror movie. Right. 100%. I could see some mm-hmm. people just totally seeing it like that. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's kind of interesting. It can do both. Which, again, speaks volumes to how good Mm -hmm. the movie is, right? Mm -hmm. Were you going to say something? I was just going to say, having watched it a couple times now, like, I can see how you can see both sides of it. Mm -hmm. I think you didn't like Jess. Um, I just said probably the fact that it leaves you questioning exactly what happened, which, like I said, it's good and bad, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, I, I'm just like that person who I want the resolution. <laughs> I want to know everything that just went down, and this kind of like leaves it up in the air. Just that it was kind of depressing and sad. Mm, that's me de- depressing. Yeah, like I said, after I got done watching it, I was like, ugh. Yeah. 
Definitely so. feel for this lady. For mm-hmm. sure. And the boy, both of them. Mm-hmm. We watch it again. Yes, I would. Yeah, I would. Not a chance. <laughs> I even bought it on Amazon. So if you guys ever want to watch it, it's on my Amazon account. But no, I have no desire to watch this movie. Just because again. it makes you depressed, not because it's like a bad movie. No, it's a great movie. I just don't I don't like movies like this. Did, it, did anybody watch it with you? No, just me. Just I watched. You. I got up early to watch it because honestly, <clears throat> I watched it this morning because we had a birthday party last night, so I didn't get to watch it. And I, Abby's been gone in Chicago, so... Um, yeah, so I watched it this morning and it was sad. I drank my coffee and cried. I'm old. I'm old and soft. Yes, I'm soft like a pillow. Touch me. Fine. Feel me. I feel like a pillow. See, it's a certain pillow. I got new pillows, by the way. Thanks to you. Um, <laughs> let's jump over to Stabby's rating. We rate every movie on a zero to five Stabby scale. Some movies get zeros because they suck, like the platform. Some movies get fives because they're great, like it. Chapter one. At the end, we'll average it out and give you the HMC average stabbies rating for the movie. Seth, HMC one twenty eight. What do you give the Babadook? To be clear, I didn't like ruin any pillows or anything. I just criticized the quality of them. You told Abby that you slept on pri- you slept on softer pillows in prison. That's what you said. I said it was basically a folded over paper towel. <laughs> That's even better. But dude, I got all new pillows. New pillows in my bed. Guest room pillows are new. It's like she was like, you really hurt her feelings, I think. No, they just go flat after a while. Mm. Um, Like Like, I said, the storyline was out really good. (laughs) The acting was incredible in this. Um, It's a creepy movie. Like we said, you could really watch it either way. Just as a, on the surface, it just looks like a scary movie or you can dive deep into it like Josh did. The only thing I didn't like, it was just depressing. It's not a very uplifting film, but I gave it a four and a half. Four and a half. It's a good rating. Solid rating, Seth. Jess? Um, I thought this was filmed really well. I thought the score was amazing. Again, with the acting, I thought the acting was phenomenal. Um, the different layers of complexity throughout the film. Um, how unnerving it was. Like, kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. I love a psychological horror. I also gave this a 4.5. 4.5. That's a great, great score. Score? Yes. yes. I don't know why when I said score, I thought of like the movie score. So I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But it does. No, when sense. I said score, I thought yeah. like a movie score. Totes. <laughs> um, okay. First and foremost, did I enjoy this movie? Not at all. Is it a great movie? Yes, it's a great movie. It's not one I ever want to visit again. I think they did a great job of portraying um, what it would be. Again, I don't have any... Um, I can't relate to this whatsoever because, again, I've never dealt with this. So I would have to envision this This could be what someone's going through, which is terrifying mm-hmm. to me. So I think they did a great job of, of a mental exhaustion, physical exhaustion, anxiety, loss, all of that stuff, and how it can impact two people completely different, but also how we, as the viewer, can see it through different lenses. Because mm-hmm. I really think that they've done that in this movie where you're seeing it in the beginning through the mom's lens and it just continues to change and see how circumstances and honestly it kind of makes me depressed too because this could be going on like at the house three houses down and I would mm-hmm. have no idea mm-hmm. about it like yeah. my kids are out swimming in the pool having a great time barbecuing and there's this kid over here who's like mom's chasing around the house with a knife because she's like it's true mentally unstable mm-hmm. see it makes me sad thinking I'm getting sad talking about it. I hate this movie okay <laughs> What's your score? <laughs> but it is a great <laughs> movie. I also here. gave it a four and a half. So, Ooh. yeah, it's a great movie. But Ooh, triplets. Well, I'm not going to give it a bad <laughs> mo- movie score just because it depresses me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if it was able to move me this much, even though I'm never going to watch it again, mm-hmm. 
That speaks volumes. Some movies you're not meant to watch again. Is it your turn to talk or mine? Suck my ass. You can chew the log <laughs> off this bark. Or what was it? You can chew, chew the bark, bark off, off my this log. Big meat log or whatever. It's not a homosexual comment. Let's jump over to some of those other folks that like to rate and review horror movies. Jess, would you like to read the Rotten Tomatoes critics consensus? The Babadook relies on real horror rather than cheap jump scares and boasts a heartfelt, genuinely moving story to boot. Wow, you did a great job. Sounds like sounds like a Canadian wrote that. To boot. To boot. To boot. To I'd say boot. that sums it up really well, actually. Cheap yeah. jump scares. Yeah, cool. Grunt and Tomatoes critics gave it a 98% on 245 reviews. Their average score was an 82%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gave it a 72% on 25,000 reviews or a 3.7%. Uh, out of five, which is a 74% average, IMDb gave it a 6.8 or 68%. Are we keeping you up? Sorry. Woo, that was a big old <laughs> yawn, dude. Well, your voice after a while just kind of, you know. I get it. It's actually shot right now. It doesn't have anything to do with boredom. Tell her not. She's <laughs> bored as fuck. Us, the horror movie crew, where you should be going to get your horror movie reviews and ratings, we gave it an average of a 4.5 out of 5 or 90%, making it a... Sagudin. We haven't had one of those in a while. No. Oh, wow. Ooh, that was. Just trying to do like the, the Babadook. Babadook. Do it better. I don't know. I can't do impressions. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anything else you guys want to say about the Babadook before we wrap it up and I can stop talking about this depressing ass movie? It's a great movie. Sagudin. Sagudin. <gasps> Thank you to all of our patrons who give us your hard-earned money to listen to us talk or watch us talk if you're watching on YouTube. Patrons get early access to every episode. They get exclusive HMC merch. They get free merch twice a year. They get exclusive content, hours of bonus content. And we've got some pretty cool stuff coming up after the break, which is in like three weeks or something. <sighs> Thank you to Colette S, Matt B, Zach F, Rosalind, Vicky D, Brian Hathaway from the Don't Go Out There podcast, Kimberly D, Felicia Connor from Two Chicks and a Horror Flick, Caitlin, Ashley V, the OG patrons, Mark and Brooke from the podcast on Elm Street, and my lovely mother, Nana Stevie Nicks. Our next episode, HMC 129, is your movie. I don't know what it is. Feast. Feast. That's right. I can't wait to see what Feast has in store for us. Mm. Your tremors too. Tremors too. I'm Jaws. I'm actually Josh, and we're out of here. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. Did you like that? Mm-hmm. That was cute. Huh? Yeah, it was very cute. Tell me I'm cute, Daddy. Hey, Krubies. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more, or you want to follow us on social media, Jess, where can they find us at? You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Horror Movie Crew Podcast, and you can listen on any major podcast platform. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. We'll see you next time. Bye, all. Bye.